Hello and welcome to Venus and Chiron. My name is Brianne and I'm your host. In today's episode, I will be sharing a interview that I did, an interview that I did <laughs> with my friend and tarot reader, Mar. Mar has been working with tarot since they were 12 years old, so they have such a special and deep relationship with tarot. I think it's really cool to hear the ways that Mar has evolved alongside their relationship with the cards, and I think you're really going to enjoy some of the conversations that we get into in this episode. I was introduced to Mar over a year ago in a moon gathering, and we have been in touch ever since. I remember in these moon gatherings, I always so appreciated the vulnerability and the openness in which Mar would share about their experiences as they moved through the cycles of the moon. I also always loved watching the intuitive hits that Mar would get when other people were sharing about their experiences. Mar would often jump in with some sort of intuitive hit about about what that might mean, and I always loved and still love hearing their insight and their perspectives on things. I think Mar is such a special and truly just such a sweet human on so many levels and super cool. And yeah, I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. So a little bit more about Mar. Mar responds to many names, identifying most with intuitive tarot interpreter and Reiki energy guide. Other titles include a poet, a lover, a seeker, a seer, a gender-fluid creature, lifelong student, now a teacher. With the gift of clairvoyance through dreams, Source speaks to her. She enjoys hiking, running, anything in nature. Favorite fruit is papaya, and color most drawn to are hues of blue. I love that. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Mars info will be in the show notes below if you want to connect. And yeah, let's get into it. Hello, Mars, and welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. Yay, I'm so excited to have you here. I feel like you're a Libra, right? No, I'm a Virgo, but I have so much Libra. But you have so much Libra. I was going to say, I feel like every time, because so me and Mar met doing like moon gatherings together. And every time I saw your chart, I feel like I saw a whole bunch of planets in Libra and I have a whole bunch of planets in Libra. Yes. And I feel like we really resonate with that. But Virgo makes sense now that you say that. I have, um, yeah, my North Node is in Libra as well. So it's kind of... The embodiment that I am meant to become. To come into. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love and that. I love Libras. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> I, you know, I don't actually know many Libras, which Ooh. is weird because I know a lot of Scorpios. Scorpios are the one that I know the most of, but it's kind of weird what signs kind of come into your life. Totally. And at what points in your life? Yeah, that's very true too. Like I had a lot of lessons to learn with Scorpio and I feel like I got a lot of Scorpio energy and then I like embodied that and now 
I mean, actually, most of my long-term friends have, like, prominent Scorpio influences, so they're just going to stick around. But no new Scorpios in my life lately. So today we're going to talk about tarot. How long have you been working with tarot? I am very excited to talk about tarot. I'm also very excited to talk to you. I feel like it's been a long time. (laughs) It has. Um, Definitely has, and also honored and privileged to have you ask me to be on your podcast. Mm. It is so sweet. Yay. I'm so excited to have you here, and I think this is going to be really fun. I'm excited to pick your (laughs) brain and hear all the things that you have. Pick (laughs) it. It's also like we're coming into the super full moon, which I was like, oh, this is what a powerful time for us to actually have worked this out. And we've been trying to get this going for a couple weeks. Yeah. And that's very true. Yeah. Just I'm like, wow, it aligned on the right day. It's like, it did. Yeah. I like it when it works like that. (laughs) Me too. And this is really great uh, timing for me as well, just because in line with tarot and the Sagittarius full moon is all kind of aligning with whatever you're meant to be doing, kind of falling into place. And instead of all the places that you've been uh, distracting yourself with, deciphering what is a distraction and what is the goal. And tarot is always my goal that I've been allowing myself to be distracted. And I've been wanting to make my own podcast for like nine years. And we talked about this months ago when I saw you last in person. Yeah. And I finally got a mic the other day. And so now I'm using it for the first time with you on your podcast, which just all feels very sweet. This is aligned. That sounds amazing. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited for you to like finally get going with your podcast. I think it's going to be amazing. Thank you for being a part of the initiation. Yeah, I'm so honored. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, And for tarot, um, I was 12 years old when I got my first deck. Wow. And that would lead us to about 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, 15 years ago. And it's been a relationship that was a little on and off, but only because when I was 12 and I started, it was um, my friend's mom was a Reiki master. And I didn't know at the time what Reiki was. So Mm -hmm. it was quite young and I would just go over to her house all the time and spend weekday evenings there which normally wasn't allowed on a school night right so my mom trusted her mom and her mom would take us to a metaphysical store every Thursday night because she was attending her little like ceremony circle and it was really at first it was just fun to be out until like midnight on a school night Mm-hmm. running around the neighborhood but then it ended up being really cool to sit in and be really involved because you notice that a lot of the elderly people that are in the circles appreciate the viewpoints of younger peer minds that mm-hmm. we hadn't yet been so overly clouded by society yeah so it really helped me to stay in touch and in tune with the awakening process um, so we would just start walking around and being a part of it. And then I saw this deck of cards, which I had no idea what they were about. And I picked it off the shelf and I was so drawn to it. And I walked around with it for a while. Now I would realize that it's intuition and it was calling to me at the point. I was like, why do I feel like I want this so bad? Uh, like, what yeah. is this? What is a tarot? 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, like so I bought the deck. Are intuitive when you're a kid. <laughs> yeah. You, just, you don't think about it. It's like, yep, it's just what I exactly. When you're a kid, you're just like, no, I, I need, I need this toy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I think it says on the front of most decks playing cards, and so you're like, oh, okay, oh, okay. Um, but I, these were they were a small kind of pocket deck, and it was manga, which I wasn't too drawn to. Japanese art or anime ever but I was really drawn to this for some reason so I got it and it didn't come with a little white book that teaches you a little bit about the cards I don't know if that was a thing back then where they just didn't so yeah, I can maybe like not some really know do, some don't I yeah. wonder or if you just have to buy the book separately back then exactly so it was really great to be a part of um, this circle once a week too because if I had questions or someone ended up telling me what tarot actually was about that was great sorry if you hear a dog barking that's okay I like it <laughs> I know he'll be gone soon <laughs> um, meant to be here. <laughs> yeah he just wants to chime in maybe somebody sees dog and can tell us what he's saying <laughs> <laughs> come on uh, yeah, and so then I just spent hours staring at them because they were really beautiful. And for the longest time, about five or six years at least, like I didn't get another deck until I was 19 because I was so attached to it. Mm. And it was like my best friend. And I have realized having some decks that they definitely all have their own personality. And this one deck continues to have the attitude of like, I am yours you are mine and I will not read for anyone else, nor can you read me for anyone else. And they can't touch me. Wow. And I'm like, whoa, okay. All right. And it's missing two cards from the deck, but I still have it and I use it all the time. And I just assume that because I'm only reading for me, I'm just not meant to have those cards. Which cards is it missing? Deck. It's missing the seven of swords, which I do pull in a lot of oh, other decks. Interesting. And the four of cups. Wow, which seems a little bit unfortunate. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I mastered it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to do that this lifetime. <laughs> Who needs emotional stability anyway? <laughs> so interesting. And that's so cool to like, because I totally agree with you that all of the decks that I have, I have a particular relationship with. And over time, the relationship has evolved. And there's certain situations where I use certain decks. And, but I, you know, I started working with tarot, I think when I was like 23 or mm -hmm. something like that, maybe a little bit younger, but, um, I can't imagine, like, I just love to hear about what it's like to have had a deck from such a young age and for so long and to kind of like grow up with it and maintain such a long relationship with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's so sweet. And I mean, it comes into your life exactly when you're ready for it, like all of its potency. So yeah. the fact that you came into it and got yourself a deck is an incredible use of your intuition. I mean, yeah. I'm definitely not biased, though. There are so many divination tools, and I believe that everybody is looking yeah. into the tool that is their language that they can understand best absolutely um yeah but it's it's just so beautiful for you to be able to see 
Yeah. Yeah. And there are so many other interesting ways to like work with, like to communicate with spirit and tarot is just one of them, which mm-hmm. is like probably one of my favorites, but I love playing with the different types as well. Do yeah. you have any other divination tools that you like to work with? I didn't for the longest time when I was younger, you know, I would, I would have some crystals and I would work with them through meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, been meditating for a really long time. I don't have spiritual parents. They're not religious. They're not spiritual. They were nothing um, of the sort. So um, I would take myself to church when I was younger because I wanted to maybe be a part of it. And then I started listening to these hypnosises when I was like 16 and I would come home from school every day and put my headphones on and listen to my Walkman. Mm. and it would just be 30 minutes and just that was my routine every day and so when crystals started kind of coming to me and I started realizing which ones were working with me as friends and protecting me um that was a really great divination tool but definitely one where it is all energy for me that I feel yeah not so much a knowledge of why it's there it's just what I feel kind of inexplainable uh, and then, no, I wouldn't say that there were any other tools until recently I started working with runes. Yeah, runes are really cool. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I don't know if I classify astrology a divination tool. Maybe I will, but it's definitely a language and yeah. like a map to your soul, which I've also been working with since I was 16. Cool. And putting the two together, like tarot and astrology, they once once you have a deep understanding of your relationship to source through those channels, they really go hand in hand. Absolutely. I totally see that too. Yeah, it's interesting listening. So you because you got into a lot of this stuff pretty young, I would say. When do you, like, do you remember when tarot, like when it went from being, oh, this mysterious playing cards that I want to have around to like being this like connection to source? Yeah, I think I was probably 14 at the time. And I was still attending this group. Mm -hmm. I think we attended for like three years or so. And even when I was 16 or 17, I started working at, not the store, but at a health food store with the person who owned that store as well. So they always were kind of in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like when I was about 15 or 14 or 15, I was sitting in this metaphysical group and we did aura readings and we used to go orb hunting and all these things, but right before they would always ask me to pull a card. And so started initiating and inviting me into the actual conversation with source, because instead of even them saying, now read the book or yeah, here's what that means. They were like, what does that mean to you? And I always read it quite intuitively from the beginning. So when I was just going through every deck or every card in the deck, and staring at them, things would just kind of come to me. And I'd be like, oh, maybe that's what this means. Or this picture is so beautiful. It reminds me of this. And I guess that was Source's way of kind of being like, that reminder is the energy that it offers for you. And um, in this specific moment. 
And so now having it been the language that I was taught um, and that I taught myself or listened to at such a young age, uh, I still remember all of those hints and clues yeah. um, that intuition offered. And so, yeah, when we were doing this aura reading, you know, they would be like, what card comes to your mind when you see this person's aura? And I felt so honored to be included in such a way, in a way that like so- they could tell something interested you and could align to also this and that they appreciated your outlook, but also wanted to like, know more, I guess, like, be more, uh, to expand their own knowledge on how they are appearing to others. I don't know if any of that made sense. My mind no. went on a white screen for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> no, it made sense. It made a lot of sense. And I love that. That's so cool. Um, I think starting off, with tarot as like just reading the cards without the book is a really great way to learn um I feel like I kind of did that I remember (laughs) I bought my first deck when I was moving out here so I'd like packed up my life into my car and I was I'd like stopped overnight in Kamloops and was like staying in a motel and I had like I had most of the belongings I brought with me were my plants and it was like the dead of winter so I had to like bring in these boxes of plants keep the so warm. I, yeah like, so I just like was in this like motel room in Kamloops surrounded by all my house plants and I had just oh. bought this tarot deck before I had like left my hometown and I like cracked it open sitting on the bed in that hotel room and I was just like like I was like reading the book but then I was like okay I think I'm gonna study each card and just see what it feels like to me and I just kind of like that's how it began for me and and like I love um I feel like even still my relationship with tarot like I've I've kind of I've studied the meanings of the cards and like I've learned a lot Mm -hmm. about symbolism especially like I, I started with the traditional writer weight so it started with the the symbolism on there but just learning about all of the different types of like the symbols of colors and numbers and like astrology and animals in general um and then um and then I think since that point it's just been through readings cards their meaning has like shifted to me and I found like the depth of each card in different ways so it's like brings more of the intuition in but wow no totally it sounds like well, because the Rider weight is so universal and it offers so many of the, um, there's a word I want to use, but anyways, the symbols, I guess, so many of the symbols in all kinds of divination yeah, and spirituality that it's like when you learn all of those as a basic, I can see what you're saying in the fact that now when you see those symbols in any other deck, you're like, oh, I, I understand that um, metaphysical totally. knowledge. Totally. Yeah. And then you have like the symbols. Yeah. You have like those kind of bigger symbols and then you have the symbols for you that like, you know, every time I see a crow, it means this for me or whatever. And it's like, I love that with all of the different kinds of decks you can get now, they all speak to you in such unique ways. Yeah. It's like some decks like are just like, no, this is definitely not for me. And then some, it's like, oh my God, I can just like read this deck so easily, I feel like. 
Definitely. Do you have a favorite right now? I think my favorite is, um, I call it my angel deck, but it's called Shadowscape Tarot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my favorite right now. What about you? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's very beautiful. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, yeah, I love it. What about you? Um, Yeah, my favorite one right now, it was was rotating for a bit, but now there's a deck. um, I can't remember. Barbara Moore is the creator of this deck. And it comes in a dual deck called As Above, So Below, which is the Book of Shadows. Cool. And the As Above deck is my favorite because it goes into the uh, way more of the spiritual kind of aspects, like the natural law and natural order of things and takes just the elements and then the gods and kind of just the raw energy. And then the below deck is very modern and it shows like how we as a society function and use and recognize and build relationship with these baseline elements. That's so they're so both cool. great, but the art yeah. on the as above too is just so cosmic and powerful and kind of dark. And I'm like, Ugh. and the major arcana, instead of them being like the magician and they're like the pagan holidays of the wheel of the year. And they have the gods or goddesses who embody that. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's so cool. I'm definitely going to look that up. I'm, yeah. I love the sounds of that. Yeah. And the book in it is really beautiful too. It's just that um, her perspective is really deep and really clear. That's a really cool part of like, um, I love seeing all of the different tarot decks and the ways that different artists kind of portray each card. It really tells like sometimes when I'm doing readings for people, like I always kind of, I use multiple decks and I just choose intuitively and mm-hmm. like the same card in one deck has a different meaning to me than it does in a different deck. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that aspect of it. And and the same thing about like the, the ways that people language, like describe the cards. Like I feel like each card has so much depth to it. Like it's like, they're all these standalone archetypes and, and then they're all interwoven but I just feel like you can go so much deeper into every card than I understood when I began with tarot. I thought it was like, oh yeah, it's just the textbook. You got to memorize the ways. And then I started working with the cards, like kind of, they started to come up in themes in my life, especially the major arcana. And I started to have like a lived experience of the cards. And I was like, wow, this is so deep and to like see it when you're out and about and you're just like whoa this is so the card I just pulled yeah exactly yeah I wanted to ask you if you um if when you're working with tarot if you tend to like notice themes and certain cards coming up and how you kind of work with that energy when that happens and I was um curious about I guess maybe your experience with reoccurring cards and yeah if you have any stories or any thoughts you want to share about that definitely um and I even find it throughout other decks like if you go to pull out another card from another deck or a sequence of cards like I'll always get at least one of them or I gotta say like probably the funniest two small stories are that 
when I first got my tarot deck, and this is really interesting because it's like the first. So I first got my deck and for so many years, the first card that would be at the bottom or at the top, or as soon as I cut it was the fool. To the point where like I was going to get a tattoo that said (sighs) the fool on it. But then when tarot luckily like took off so that you're able to have that conversation with more people the fool card was like on all the hoodies and all these things like now in modern day it's just like the fool i'm like i'm kind of glad i didn't yeah fair fair i love that that was always really funny and i resonate with the fool for sure at least i used to when i was really spontaneous and could fly by the seat of my pants yeah yeah i mean it sounds like you probably went through the whole journey of the fool at least with tarot I mean I'm still on it and cycles continue but um yeah it's just like that was really interesting that the first card that would just come up for me all the time was like the first card of the deck and for me the fool represents like untapped potential or you know like a new beginning so it's just like wow this continues to be my greatest passion and it's been 15 years so clearly this is where my potential that I may not even recognize does lie and how much credit can you give yourself for having this relationship with this tool? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, that's so- no, oh, go, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was just going to talk about the other card. Go for it. And okay. We'll, we'll just flip. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe through Oh, the the most recent journey I've had with the tarot, actually, or stint, this was maybe like three months ago, the only cards that would come from the deck, every deck, were the wands. Mm, and there was one day I pulled like the two, the four, the seven, and then later that night I pulled the ten. And then the next day it was like all of them again, but the seven was the biggest one that just kept coming up. Just like that's yeah. very interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was a good like month of wands, and I think it was Aries season actually. So fire, so and then like, can't get into your fire. Totally, and then all yeah. the wands, and I think I had met an Aries, and we, um, we started becoming really really close, and that's when Harry Dev and I also recognized that something was hitting in my Aries or whatever and activating Mars or maybe Mars was activated by something and Mars is the ruler of Aries and I when I like I go by Mar yeah (laughs) my south node is in Aries which is Mars and so it's like you're from so much Mars and whatever is going on right now you're living that out and Victoria in astrocartography for me activates my Mars the most. Interesting. So all of that was very weird to go through in Aries and then only have fire. And like I have no other fire in my chart. So right. I'm like, where is this fire coming from? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love looking at um I love it when I get like Okay, actually, I think that it depends on the card that keeps coming up for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're like, 
you're kind of stuck in a certain place and you just keep getting the same card and you're like, but what does it mean? Yes. <laughs> and it's like, it's, I found over time that it's about having patience with that because usually when I'm getting the same card over and over, it's like, especially if it's like a major arcana for me. No, I think any card that I get really, if I'm getting it again and again, it's like, I'm, if what I've realized about it is that I'm learning like the nitty gritty of that energy. Like I am in it. I'm going to be marinating in it. It's not something I'm going to understand until I've kind of been sitting in it for a while. And usually by the end, like after like three to six months, I'll start to really embody that energy and that card will stop showing up. And when it does, I understand it, but like on a whole new level, but it's, Mm. I don't know. It's interesting. I still have certain ones, like the judgment card has been coming up for me a lot for like a year and I just have such a block to it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm resisting. Every time I get it, I'm like, stop. (laughs) I don't don't get what you mean with this for me right now. You don't even want to like look at source and say, I get it. Cause you're like, I don't show me a different, give me a different, break it down for me. Exactly, exactly. When you see major arcana versus minor arcana, what do you think of in the differences or um, the energies that they offer, at least for you in your practice? So for me, I think my experience has been (sighs) with the major arcana, it feels okay. Like I'm, I'm trying to like, like I almost see I have like a visual coming to mind to describe it. So we'll see if it makes sense. But I kind of feel like the major arcana for me feel a lot like the the, the currents of the ocean, like the deep ocean currents, like these kind of like big themes and like cycles that I go through. Whereas like the minor arcana feels more like the waves, like where it's like when minor arcana cards come up for me, like there will be cards that will come up and they'll be um themes and I'll kind of be with them for a while but they always feel like more like I see them existing in my external environment a lot more like it's like um the two of cups has been a theme for me for a while and it's Mm. for me what it really feels like is I'm going through this big journey of um learning about connection and how to connect to other people without because my trauma response is to kind of like numb and dissociate so I'm having this experience of connection and I'm seeing it externally in a lot of ways whereas when I get um so I guess to go along with that a a major arcana card that's coming up for me a lot right now is the justice card and that feels to me it's like so much more of an undercurrent like I can feel it in everything but it doesn't necessarily um manifest in the little interactions it's just it's just like a it's like the base of a canvas like it paints the whole situation but it's it's not the tiny details at least that's how I've been feeling with it lately I don't know if that made sense yeah oh 100% yeah so when you see um, multiples of like major arcanas coming up is that a lot of the time more helpful for you or do you find that it's more for you to go deeper and uncover more of a challenge I think it kind of depends on the major arcana I think there's some that I'm like really comfortable with and then I feel just like really in my element with and there's some that are lessons Mm -hmm. that I have a harder time learning and so when they come up it's like 
oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, oh that, like, and then there's some that, you know, there's a level of mystery with it for me at this point in my life. Right. Um, you know, like I know some layers of it, but I know I'm being called to go deeper. And so I think it kind of depends, but yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's How... your relationship with the me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna, oh, what's I gonna ask? Oh, and the judgment, did you say judgment or justice? Uh, judgment. I said justice, but judgment oh. has been, justice is like a newer theme. Judgment has been overarching for longer. Oh so what do you feel about the judgment card? I feel like because it's so long and you have resistance to it. Yeah. Uh, you have any like, no, I really, what do I feel about the judgment card? I yeah. <laughs> Are you judging it? Am I judging it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, the judgment card, I, I feel like for me, yeah, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm feeling about it. And I'm really curious to hear um, your thoughts on the judgment card. Maybe I can learn something from you. Because right now, when I'm reading it for myself, I think the reason a block keeps coming up for me is um, something about the imagery of it. I, I think it's really triggering my Catholic church days where I had mm. like, there was like the like God was this separate entity and this authority figure that um, I needed to answer to. And I feel like when I see the judgment card in the imagery, I'm feel it, it's like those, those kind of older blocks for some reason kind of come in and I'm not, I know I'm not viewing it in the right way, but I just can't seem to see underneath it. Even though like I, I know what it means and I know all of these things, but like in terms of intuitively reading it, it's like I get stuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, and for that to come up for so long too, it's, yeah, it's almost like bringing you the opportunity from what I, from what I hear from you, bringing you the opportunity to make new meaning from your past. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that. That's such a good call. (laughs) It's like, especially when you look at it and you see your not so spiritual past, your religious past, which yeah. For anyone who's religious, it's definitely a spiritual practice as well, for sure. Yeah. But uh, for your definition of spiritual and that to be kind of triggered by it, but it's almost like to show you because the judgment card can definitely be a spiritual calling. Right. So it's like the, the fact that it's a spiritual calling, but it's reminding you of the reflection of your past, almost like maybe making you meaning of that religious structure that is a spiritual practice. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Wow. You've just like, I'm glad this is recorded because this is actually (laughs) bringing, like, as you're speaking, I'm having so many like hits of like, oh my, like I'm just seeing all of these themes of some things that have been coming up for me this year. And I'm like, yep, 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 yep. (laughs) And you've always been just so good at, you know, you're being told something from someone and through conversation, especially you're just like downloading all of these source messages. And even when we'd be in circling, be like, something for me just came up. Something just came up. I'm like, oh, (laughs) she's getting hit. I love it. (laughs) So open all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Just please tell me what this card means. Oh my goodness. Well, maybe Source it. just told you. You just needed yeah. to have a conversation. Wow. I feel I feel good about that. I'm excited yeah. to – I'm going to meditate on everything you just said Let's later because I feel like that makes a lot of sense. And I'm now understanding how I can 
deep in like yeah it feels like that yeah I feel like if I can sink into that a bit more mm-hmm. I, I see the ways that my I can like shift with that energy and I'll start to like yes. the judgment card wow yes. how exciting <laughs> I also I'll send you so this podcast just kind of came up in my head and it's a podcast that I listen to a lot based on the esoteric rules but they break down um genesis and Mm -hmm. they take the bible and they break it down in a really spiritual way and i'll send it to you just because it does offer maybe a different reflection on the past that you've had yeah i really like that i think that would be really cool to listen to yeah and because i it's so like i've done so much work with my journey with religion and into spirituality and i have you know i when i was younger i I had to really leave God. And then I came right, like over the years, I was able to like come back around to God with kind of this new expanded definition. But it's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, there are still these like, these older threads that are just like, you know, kind of need to be cleaned up. Right. But yeah, that's interesting. So what about for you? How do you, how do you relate with the major versus the minor arcana? The minor arcana for me, I wouldn't say that one is less or more in any way like value Mm -hmm. or um energy yeah Uh, I just I feel a little bit more connected to my emotions and functionality in my day-to-day when I'm Mm -hmm. pulling and reading um a minor arcana I almost feel like they are kind of energies that are shifting and transforming as we're spiralic beings and it's kind of reminding us or telling us you know, where we are, or for lack of a better term, where we've fallen and like what detriments are coming into our lives, what's out of our control. And um, yeah, I think that they come up as more of reminders for me um, and possible hints. Whereas major arcana for me, it's like, as they say, like arcana breaks down to keys. So it's like major keys. And so it because I don't pull a ton of them all the time, and when I do, I pull like a lot of them in sequence. It's almost like okay, your entire life is shifting right now, and wow. these are the big deep meanings that you need to go into because you don't fully understand. And maybe the minor arcana will help me understand them. Or I know that for your previous question where it's like what comes up more, the same major arcanas will just keep coming up until I've taken the time to sit with myself and sit with them. Yeah. Yeah. And at least understand the direction that is being taken, whether I'm taking any action or I even need to, if it's necessary, it's just kind of like here, understand the baseline of the journey you're currently on. Cool. Yeah, I love that. Ugh. Whoa, I just, I had like three different questions and then I went like. <laughs> <laughs> they branched. <laughs> got, got stuck. I, I glitched. <laughs> Over, overstimulated. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah, it's interesting. As you were talking, I was kind of, I was seeing a lot of different things. One of the things, I don't know if this is going to resonate. I feel like it kind of like evolved out of it when, um, as you kept talking further, but when you were first talking, it almost reminded me of like 
in astrology, like the difference between a transit of like, say like trans, like planets transiting your chart, like the difference between the energy of like the moon and Venus or like the fast moving planets versus like Uranus or like Pluto transits and like how those kind of like paint your life in such a different way. Yes. That's so interesting. I love that you said that too, because part of the connection for me with astrology and tarot is like, I definitely see it like that, where it's like Mm. certain elements or suits have very specific, like if I were to pull, um, I don't know, like the ace of pentacles, I'm like, oh, this is so incredibly Capricorn. And Mm. it's just like, I resonate with that energy as well because of how much I know or like what I know about astrology. And then I try and resonate with like, Oh, where's that in my chart? Like, would that affect me here? And trying to break it down like that. But as you're saying too, um, then I also read reversals like they're retrograde planets. Ah, cool. That's so interesting. Yeah. I was really curious about reversals for you and like how, you go about reading them and which kind of also I feel like that kind of question also flows into just curiosity about intuitively reading cards and any like how you kind of navigate blocks that come up for you and yeah the difference for you between reading upright and reverse do you always read reversals if they come up I'm kind of a Virgo so I make sure that all the cards in my deck are always the same way so if there's a reversal there's a reversal (laughs) yeah if there's a reversal it's real or it fell out of my deck or um or like yeah sometimes I'll totally take my deck and shuffle it around and it'll do whatever or some cards will fall out and I'll just throw them back in next time I happen to pull it I haven't gone through and just like organized them yet yeah and I'll pull it as a reverse and I totally will read it if I'm reading for someone who's never had tarot before and doesn't really understand yet the medicine I may just pick one of my decks that is all upright and just read them all upright yeah um to keep it like one last thing that they kind of have to remember but I I don't mind them for myself and reading them intuitively or reading everything intuitively I don't just necessarily Okay, well, I went on three different ways also. <laughs> so when you when I pick up a card and I'm looking at it, yeah, whether it's reverse or uh, right side up, I look at the picture as it's right side up. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take in all of the intuitive meaning that the card is giving me. And I always feel like for me, at least in practice, not always when I'm reading for other people, but in practice when it's reversed, it's usually me to me. So my relationship with myself or my relationship with the outside world rather than the outside world's relationship with me. Mm -hmm. And not to say that if something is upright, it's the things that are happening to you, but more like with you, for you. And if they're reversed, it's kind of like, Maybe what are you seeing as an attack or where are you disregarding something? And they don't always have those quote kind of negative feelings. Yeah. But um, I'll also flip it around upside down and see if the picture makes sense or if yeah. 
anything else comes to me by flipping perspective because I also really resonate and love the hang the hanged one mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite cards and so I'm always just like perspective flip yourself upside down you know really yeah um, it's really yeah. interesting oh go ahead no I was just saying yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> nice <laughs> Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't always read reversals, but when I do, I I do find it really interesting, like looking at the card upside down sometimes just brings such a different intuitive hit for me. Like it's like, I like some of my cards, it's like when I see them upside down, I'm like, this is just a totally different world and totally different things are standing out to me. And it's like, it's, it's interesting. I guess that would depend on the deck too, hey? Some of them have so much geometry. Yeah, and I find that interesting too with like different decks. I, yeah, when I'm reading for someone, it's like, like in my Shadowscape Tarot deck, like the imagery on those cards for some of the, for some of the cards that like the meaning of those cards to me is so different when I'm reading it based on the imagery. And so I'll I'll base it on the imagery, but I'll also base it on like intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, like they they work together for me. So sometimes I'll get a card and it'll I'll just be receiving mostly intuitive hits about it. But sometimes it's like spirit is like, no, you need to use this deck <laughs> and pull this yeah. many cards, and then like this deck for this. And it's like when I see all the imagery, I see why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Wow. What's your process like for doing like when you? Um, do a reading either for yourself or for people like do you have a certain way that you like to do things or do you kind of just switch it up every time I think I well I'd say that there's a base structure but I go about that also very intuitively I have a couple things I like to say in the beginning so I'll like introduce myself and talk about intuitive tarot and how I do that and also invite them to know or ask if you want me to read the book meaning or tell you like what the author had to say about this card as well I can also do that and maybe you can take the differentiation between the two and attach that to your own meaning um I offer them the option to tell me what their intention or question is or keep it to themselves and then Mm. I can read intuitively through that or to a specific question but I really like when the person that I read for is just as involved and included and if they don't want to be that's totally okay but it's really important for me to have the inclusion that's there and I like to have fun with it so having someone pull some of the cards and choose how many cards they think they should unless source has told me this person gets four cards and this is the deck you're using. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) Hey, I have these three decks that I chose for you out of a few that I have and whichever one works best for you, or we can use all of them at once. And then that gives the opportunity to also sometimes pull, this has never happened, but the same card from each deck, maybe once. And, you know, it also helps you learn as a tarot reader, what your boundaries might be. So, like, what decks don't want to be touched by others? Um, Mm. Yeah, I like to just really include the other person because it's their reading. And I'm like, you are just as in tune and connected to Source as I am. 
You are just as able and just as powerful as I am. The only difference here is that I may be able to be a channel for this specific tool because it's a language I understand. Like I get to be the person who translates for you. Yeah. Totally. And I really like that. Yeah. I love that perspective. And I think it's so important to have when you're working with spirit, like in any way, whether you are a coach or a channel or a tarot reader or a medium, I think that yeah, I really believe that everybody is intuitive and I I totally agree with you in it's I feel it's so important to empower people in connecting with their own intuition while doing this type of work because everybody has that within them and it's so much more empowering to get to be involved in that experience versus somebody just like <laughs> telling you how it is based solely on their intuition. Wow, a hundred percent. Yeah, do you ever feel invited to include someone else or because it's by no means necessary. What's your process? Yeah, my for my readings, I've o- I only really do them over Zoom, so I can never have them physically hold the cards or anything. That sounds so fun and if I'm in a space where I ever do in-person readings, I definitely will think about that. Yeah. So usually what I do is I connect in with spirit and spirit will just tell me what I'm going to do for a spread, whether I'm just going to shuffle and let cards fall out, or if I'm going to pull a certain amount of cards and what deck I'm going to use. And then usually I speak about the cards and the energies, but as I am, I'm always like channeling. Usually these people, like people's guides will show up. And so I'll just be like talking to them and kind of being a relay. And I feel like I really just try to, and usually I don't even have to try to do this because this is just what people's guides generally communicate is all of the things that they're communicating is about empowering them to to step into their own intuitive gifts. And their guides are always just pointing out the ways that they're intuitive and the 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 knowings that they've already had like guides will often be just like like they'll be like they'll just tell me that the ways that this person has already been already received the answer mm-hmm. to this and that they can usually people it's just about trusting themselves honestly um, I see that theme so often and it's honestly I love it like one of my favorite things about doing this kind of work is all of the magical humans you meet like everybody is so magical and everyone has such a unique set of of intuitive gifts and it's so cool to read for different people and get to see glimpses of their magic and of course you know you're also helping support them through um, exploring whatever questions they have and whatever guidance they're seeking but in that whole process I'm just like oh this human is magical (laughs) which is such an honor too to just witness the unfolding of the magic Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and tarot is so funny with um, so often it'll happen with me where I'm using multiple decks and it's like the death card and then I'll clarify with a different deck and I've literally had, oh, the death card. (laughs) Yeah, 100%, see? (laughs) And then I'll use like an oracle deck and it'll be like, surrender. (laughs) Yes, transformation, okay. Okay, loud and clear, like, you can't make this shit up. 
that's one of the coolest things about tarot though is it's like it's uncanny like I think people that even kind of question the spiritual stuff when they've had experiences working with tarot are like okay but that's weird it's weird how it's always right (laughs) yeah and it's funny being like when you are in tune with the language that when you pull the cards you can like laugh and you're like this is actually funny and I'll explain to you why after I break down all the cards yeah (laughs) but like the story that these cards say are just like when you know you look at it and you're like oh oh I get it yeah (laughs) it's funny it's couldn't be clearer thanks yes I love that I love it when that happens too oh my goodness and I love having that everyone has some kind of divination or spiritual tool and practice which is whatever even if they're not using them even if their divination tool and their altar is in their mind it's like you probably have a laughable experience and conversation all of the time like source is really funny source is funny (laughs) because humor is like such a light frequency like it, it breaks up the heaviness so source is always making jokes and I love it (laughs) <laughs> Me too. I don't necessarily like laugh all the time, but I'm like, oh, totally. I do. I, it's I kind do of find that mirror reflection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that look that you give them that's almost like a scowl, but you're like, uh huh. Hilarious. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I funny. see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my god. You're goodness. really cruel. <laughs> yeah. But then you just move past it. You're like, okay. okay. Anyway. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. You're sleeping in the (laughs) doghouse. I want to ask you, um, for any of our listeners that are listening and that are just wanting to connect with tarot, but have, they're kind of at the beginning of their journey. Do you have any recommendations or anything that you want to say to them to kind of help them along that path? I can only speak through my own experience as to what helped me Mm -hmm. best, but what I now look back on and reflect on being something that I really appreciated was sitting down with each card. I go even like suit by suit, like Mm -hmm. understand the suit and then go through one to 10 and then the um, Trump cards as well. Yeah. But break it down like that. And then once you have the understanding and read it, in the book, whatever you decide to do, whether you want to look at it, get an intuitive hit and then read the book and see if that resonates with what you just got as well. Yeah. Might help you learn. I don't know how everybody learns. Podcasts are also fantastic. There are quite a few tarot podcasts that offer the sequence. Yeah. Usually starting with major arcana and going on. Do you have a favorite? Um, Especially. Minus the one that you're going to (laughs) create. Yeah, I can't be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually called Between the Worlds. And the podcast hosts are Amanda Yates Garcia and Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs is the person who produces it. It's fantastic. You, I think it's like started two or three years ago, but if you go all the way down, they start at the pool and then they break down all of the suits. And she is a hereditary witch so she was born into a family with a witch and she has a book cool. and she's known as the oracle of la so she's pretty well known yeah and uh, yeah i really appreciate her perspectives and she's funny so cool. yeah you'll you'll get a lot of knowledge from her if you're more someone who 
tends to learn through listening rather than reading as well. Yeah. Um, and then another thing is conversations. Like if you have no one to have a conversation with about tarot, or at least like, can I tell you what I learned about this card today? Yeah. Sit down with yourself in front of the mirror and just break down the card. And if you're, cause if you're a visual learner, you'll take in the conversation you're having with yourself by watching your mannerisms. Mm, I like that. Yeah, and it's helpful to hold the card up, too. So while you're talking, just keep glimpsing at it. And just when you pull it later on, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I said all those things about it. Yeah. But with each reading, they might offer you a little bit of a different medicine. Yeah, that's so true. And it's funny. I'm like, as you were speaking, I was like picturing myself holding the judgment card and talking about it. And I was just like, the visual of me and my body language, I was like, ah, that would have been funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how I feel about this card is that I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and that it keeps coming up for me and I don't know why. I don't want to know why at this point. It's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that this is one of those instances sources being cruel. Yeah. And I don't get the joke. And I don't get the joke. It's not funny. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my goodness that actually I know we, we should probably wrap up soon but I want to ask you another question yeah. about um cards that kind of have like quote-unquote more like difficult meanings like the seven of swords I feel like sometimes mm -hmm. can be a tricky one the five of swords or even like you know the death card things like that mm -hmm. like how do you have you had any like what's your relationship and like with those cards has it always been pretty easy for you to read those ones especially when they come up for yourself or has it has there been like a bit of a curve a learning curve for that um yeah I think that for myself that's a great question I see when we look at major arcana cards at least when we're coming down to the ones that offer me the most kind of difficulty when reading them it's not even like I actually really like receiving the ones that are um, I like death and I like the tower. I really like those cards. Yeah, I actually do too. I do too. Yeah. And it's, I think because both of them are a form of transformation, one of them is just a little bit more aggressive mm -hmm. and, or at least can be where you're like, my world's falling apart. Yeah. But as mutable signs, I think that, you know, you're, you can be really good with change right. and almost need it. Yeah. However, when it totally unravels your stability and you are maybe in a mindset or a spot in your life where that seems really un you just can't let it go yeah and impractical that that can be really traumatizing so when you're yeah. reading that you're just like no you it's either you're going through it and you're like ah I know but when's it gonna end or you're yeah. like oh no this is coming and, you know, you don't want to install that fear inside of yourself either and just try to – what I try to do when I pick up cards like that is like, okay, what in my life is transforming right now? Like nothing feels unstable, so that's good. Yeah. But what is changing? And that's nice when you think about those cards. I also have a little bit of a weird thing with the judgment card. <laughs> Um, like the justice card is great because it's the card of Libra as yeah. well. So it's just like, oh, nice balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or reminding you, like, you need to recenter yourself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for the seven of swords, I know that that's another card that can come up that kind of triggers people. Well, I really like sevens. Mm. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little less inclined to the fives. 
However, both of them when receiving, you know, I actually feel a little bit less content with the fours and the sixes just because when I pull them, it's one of those moments where it's like, okay, this is where it is and it's good. And that means that I'm moving into a seven right, or a five, which is like (laughs) something is going really, really well and it has yet to evolve. And that evolution is going to be kind of rocky. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you never know because you don't know what it is. So it's like preemptively, it's like come. not sitting in the four. <laughs> no, I'm going to be stressed about the five before I'm in the five. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like the five for me represents kind of a waiting game. Mm. Um, And the swords in general have a little bit of a bad rep where oh i agree it's just yeah i think it's because it's of the mind too so it's like one of those child instances when you're having a melodramatic breakdown and you're like no one understands me yeah Yeah. and so that's kind of what i see with the swords is it's just like oh it's all inside of you and inside your mind and no one else can see it yeah it's so tricky and so try not to get frustrated with like the impatience of conversation with other people or Mm -hmm. just try not to be impatient with other people because this is an opportunity for you to see yourself within the mirror of others and really just rethink all of the things that you're going through. And that's how I feel the swords, either that or like you're really, you're attacking yourself. Yeah. And, you know, like, the word enemies comes into into my mind. So like demons, enemies, whatever is yeah. really affecting you and you're holding on to that no longer serves you. Like where and why are you allowing these things to penetrate you Yeah, so deeply? Like you're wounding yourself. It's wounding you, but is it its fault? Right. Yeah. And so I, that's kind of how I see the swords. I like the use of the word enemy there too, because I think – it's interesting, like, when I think about my trigger points with, like, I love, ev- like, I, I, first of all, I've just, like, loved everything you said. I feel like I, I 100% agree with you. And, like, going back to, like, what you were saying about how, yeah, like, sometimes these cards can be, you know, yeah, like, you might know that you're in a tower moment and you know it needs to collapse, but it's, like, you're resistant to it or you're afraid of it or you don't want to see that part of yourself. But it's, interesting like when I think about the cards that I have the biggest blocks to it's it's like oh I have the biggest blocks to these cards because of what they trigger in me about like parts of myself that I'm not fully accepting like parts of myself that I'm like seeing as an enemy yeah when I think about my conditioning and the the main things that were defined as me being bad whenever I see that in a card and if it comes up for me it's like oh no I must be bad and I and I like the idea of like taking that and realizing oh you know what who who am I making the enemy why am I making myself the enemy what if this was just a process of my mind and I could be like gentle and loving with myself around it and slowly unravel it if I felt like it needed to change yes yeah that was a really good reflection exactly yeah it's so much easier though than when you're just in it (laughs) (sighs) I know (laughs) Sometimes I'll get like, I'll be shuffling and I'll get like, I had, I can, actually, I don't think it was this order, but I know like, just like a spread ones where it was like, I can't remember what the card was, but I clarified it. And what it clarified with was the five of swords and the seven of swords. And I just looked at it and I put my cards oh. away. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, 
not today. <laughs> Sometimes that's your process. You just have to like put it down. Yeah. No. I don't want to look at that. I get it, but I, I can't right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those source moments where you're just looking at it. You're like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. And then you're kind of mad about it. Yeah, you're mad about it. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. noted, got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also wanted to reflect back onto a question that yes. you had asked about. I guess it kind of goes, it ties into like how it helped, how tarot helps me evolve, but also mm-hmm. uh, what the blocks may yeah. have been in the journey. Yeah. Because right now I feel that they kind of go hand in hand in the sense that like, your evolution does come from a block sometimes. Yeah. yeah, it can. And the blocks definitely start with my parents, like not having spiritual, not even spiritual parents, but really um, supportive parents in the aspect of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I come from a really logistic household. And so my very modern and logical mind doesn't, hasn't really allowed me to move past the fact that like this is your passion and this is what you're meant to do with it and you can build a foundation out of that no matter what it is yeah even if it is solely like spiritual or energetic and not your parents saying that like you have to get a practical job and be a good practical citizen and you have to be a nurse and yeah support yourself health-wise and yeah so that was a block and then I would say that another block is well maybe two of them one of them was always that I could see people doing things around me and I would just compare myself and just either say, well, everyone else is already doing it. So I'll just let them do it. And my perspective, like not giving myself enough credit that my perspective is also different and our magic is different and you're all powerful in your own way. Absolutely. And people will come to you when you're the medicine for them. Yeah. But also just being like, Oh, that's not important right now and that's just a leisure activity and yeah Yeah. so it's it's been nice that especially I started tarot so young and I started it at a point where it was really weird and no one knew around you what you were doing so right kind of judged by that in school and so I kind of fell out of my spirituality in high school a little bit but um it has always been one of those things in all of my relationships where I have in the past blamed the relationship Mm -hmm. on taking me away from my spiritual practice Mm. whereas I knew that I was actually just allowing it to because I was putting so much of my energy into other things and yeah still external things but it's not the relationship that I needed to tune into yeah um and then the third one would probably be I was diagnosed with um ADHD and autism so I never really let them define me, but they made sense. And I also never took anything for it. And I've always written poetry Mm. and been really chatty. So I actually just ended up seeing tarot helping me evolve and my relationship with tarot evolving through the element of being able to channel that creativity that society doesn't really allow for children and uh, young adults or adults to have because it's um like too poetic like we live in such a yeah (laughs) mind so you know it's just like no you have to do the maths and you know the logical mind in me too is like there's math in tarot 
you can absolutely you can do a lot of math. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can do it if you want to. <laughs> exactly, and the elements break down too. Like the more you know about which cards are hot and dry and which cards are like moist and cold, and you're like, yeah. that's a whole different language of math. There's physics. Yeah, that's the really cool thing about tarot is the like layers to it. It's just layers and layers and layers of information in a single card. And I love what you're saying about like, like all of these blocks that we have. It it sounds like tarot has been a lovely friend for you along that path and along some of the maybe more, just correct me, obviously, if I'm reading it wrong, but like kind of an ally for you in like times when you were misunderstood, but then also like a guide that helps you to evolve into your most authentic self. Oh, thanks for saying that. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. Like they're a friend and when I'm having a melodramatic moment and don't think anyone understands me, (laughs) I just go into my tarot box and I'm like, well, Essentially, I understand me, so I just need, <laughs> I just need to see what it is I'm meant to understand because these like diagnosis brain doesn't really let me stay on track. My mind is never on track, so I think that that's also a really beautiful way to read tarot because I can't read really. Like yeah. I can't, my mind can't just sit there and read something for a long time. But if I'm channeling something and looking at a picture, I'm like, yeah. I get it. I'm having a conversation. I absolutely, like, I resonate with that so much. And I I love that so much. And when we're thinking about, like, the way that our our society is, we have such a linear way as a collective of, like, a logical and linear way of seeing reality. And when you're, I know we talked about this a bit before we got on and recorded, but, like, about kind of, like, going on tangent stories and looping around and, like, this idea of moving through information and like life and the processes that we go through as a human and more of a spiral and this like Mm. ever growing spiral. And to me, what I see when I hear your perspectives on reality and the way that you talk and how you communicate information to me, it it actually makes a lot of sense. Mm. It's just that that's, not necessarily the way that the greater collective perceives reality but yeah exactly that doesn't mean that it's not true yeah because we're not all linear and we have spliced realities and I think when you can recognize another person's reality whether you understand it or believe it or not and just appreciate Mm -hmm. them for who they are and like a quote from Hari Dev would just be like you know I can't wait for us all to sit truth next to truth with respect that will always stick in my head because I'm like that's all we need it's just like your truth and my truth maybe I don't resonate with it but I respect Mm -hmm. you and we're here that's such a I have like full body chills with that and I totally agree I feel like these past couple years that's been a big medicine that I've been (laughs) forced to swallow and, and then sometimes agreed to take but it's really been like around truth and what that means and how Mm. truth is so relative and what is completely true for me like for my soul for my body for like my spirit and is my reality completely and honestly is not the reality of 
everybody else and some people have a different reality of like where what's my truth is not theirs and it was like an experience we both shared and like that's such an interesting thing to sit with and to be able to still honor your truth and not like kind of have to morph into whatever anybody else perceives something to be is such a interesting experience I think especially for me with all my Libra placements I'm constantly it's like I can see every everybody's perspective and so in my younger years I spent a lot of time like being like okay well if you're saying this and this must be it Mm -hmm. and this must this must be true and it took a lot of time for me to like center back into myself and be like oh that's not true for me and that can be true for you but it doesn't have to be for me Mm -hmm. What was the quote that you said? Sitting, I can't wait for, I liked that quote. Can you say it again? Sitting truth next to truth with respect. Mm-hmm. Yes, that. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, I mean, I, I was going to comment on some things that you said and then I lost it. But anyways, I just really wanted to appreciate and recognize some of those aspects of what you just said. And that was just like, resonate with all of that. Yes. 100%. And yeah. It is, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to ask, but I do have one question that keeps coming into my head for you. And it's just, are there any cards in the tarot deck that never come out for you? Ooh, that's a good question. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me think about that. (sighs) That never come out for me. It's going to be a hard one for me to picture. (laughs) No, totally. (laughs) Let me think. I'm going to. I'm gonna I mean, you don't even it. have to answer it now, but if it, yeah, okay, I want, I'm gonna answer it, and I can just cut out the part where I'm sitting silently for a while, but I want to <laughs> ask you the same question, so I don't know if you already have it, but I have I'm a few, gonna... and every time I go through my deck, I'm like, why don't I ever get that card? Okay, tell and me what the cards are. Sometimes it's like that, you know, I, I never get the wheel. Ah, but it's interesting because I believe that the wheel is my life path card. Interesting. So I don't know. Am I not on my life path? I don't know. <laughs> um, Maybe you're just like so on it. They don't need to talk to you about it. Like, you're right. They're like, you're never so mind. <laughs> and I don't often pull tens. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I get a lot of tens. That's great. Is it great? It can be literally full circle. And you know what? It's interesting too because the wheel is a 10. What the heck? Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting too because I didn't realize the wheel was a 10. And um, you know about my I do you know about my uh relationship with Yarrow? Yes. Yeah. So when I first started working with Yarrow, I was doing a um a plant quest with Yarrow for like I worked with Yarrow for like eight months. And at the beginning of my journey with Yarrow, I pulled three cards to like get some insight into the medicine that Yarrow was here to offer me. And the three cards I pulled, if I'm remembering correctly, were the wheel, the ten of pentacles, and the I think the ten of cups. So they were three tens. So that's interesting. That is so interesting. Three tens. Oh, it's your medicine. Interesting. Okay, I'm looking at all of the major arcana cards here. And... You know, I get them all, but I would say the world card I get the least. Yeah, interesting. So I don't know why. I guess I can't have it all. I, but... I guess. <laughs> Although, you know, like the, wheels, the wheels got some... 
they all have heart medicine too, but they do. They you know, do. I'm always like, ooh, um, sometimes you pull it and you're like, yeah, let's spin it again. <laughs> let's take a chance. And, do it. you know, sometimes you get it and you're like, no, I wanted to win the million dollars. <laughs> but I don't get to. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to look at the, I'm looking at pictures on my phone That's to like fine. trigger my brain. Okay, I don't usually get, I feel like I don't get the two of wands very much. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, yeah. Or the ace of wands, actually. These pictures are so different than my pictures, so I don't like Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think those are the ones that are the the most. I feel like I've had like a relationship with a lot of these cards. Like I'm like, oh yeah, that chapter. Oh yeah, that chapter. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, chapter. and they always come at different times. <laughs> yeah, but but the world card, that's the one I think that's standing out to me the most. Yes. Do you have a card that you Okay, ooh, okay, question. Yeah. Do you have a favorite card right now? Oh, that's a really good question. I'd say that my favorite card would usually be the hermit card. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that has something to do with it being a Virgo card. And right. I do have a tattoo of the hermit. Yeah, I I just I really like that one because I value so much going inside and tarot is my way of like turning to my path. Um, but my favorite card, um, okay, well, in the deck that I am thinking of right now, my favorite card specifically is probably the same deck I was talking about before, the as above, so below, but it's the below deck. Yeah. And it's the devil. Mm. Because... The devil, I resonate with it so much, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's like so much to do with um, old patterns and things that no longer serve you and addictions and what um, maybe in your life you need to address and change. And every time it comes up, I'm like, I get it because I've yeah. always had such an addiction to food. Like it's my, I get up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. and I eat a meal. Like I just, my body, whenever I need comfort of any kind, it's just like yeah. snacks. And it, the picture of it is literally an ice cream sundae with like a ton of other like brownies and stuff all around it. And it's just like, wow. It's just begging you to go to the kitchen when you see it. They're trying to teach you something where you're just like, well, I'm going to (laughs) go. Yeah. It resonates to me most because that chained relationship that I have that I'm capable of removing myself from however yet so attached to is food whereas like a lot of other people might find the devil card in relation to like another person Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or maybe a substance like drugs um maybe even shopping that like they might find that that's their devil card because it resonates with you most totally oh i totally i also really like the pictures so yeah and i know that we already said on the podcast what that deck was and is but I will send it to you over Instagram as well yes and I'll put it in the show notes too for anybody that's listening I'll put all the decks we talked about in the show notes yeah that's interesting yeah the devil card I and I I definitely relate with it on the food front as well I had a, a, a time at a time in my life where the devil card was the theme for me and yeah that was 
that was annoying. <laughs> I got it every yes. time it came up, but it was like, oh, it was related to a couple different things, but it was just like when I moved out of that phase and the devil stopped coming up, it felt so nice. To be, like, obviously it wasn't like I felt that shift in my life, but it was also cool to see that shift in my cards. And yeah, and I'm sure it'll come back around because obviously we're never really done working with these energies. Mm -hmm. Come back around and we have different lessons, but I know the devil chapter. <laughs> yes. I think I wrote a poem about the devil when Ooh, I read my devil card. Of course card. you did. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Mm. What was the card you said before the devil? Oh, the hermit. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So the hermit's like your so writer. So major come too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yay, that's so cool. Okay. I also want to ask you if there's I know you're in the process of a move and a lot of things are transitioning, but do you have any if people wanted to connect with you, is there anything any places they can do that if they wanted to do a reading with you? Is that something you're available for right now? And do you have the name of your podcast? And if not, I'll put it in the show notes for whenever you do. Mm. But yeah, anything you want to share about yourself? Your um, magic? I will, no matter where I am, only, even only be bringing my laptop, my mic. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this is my, this is my journey. Um, mm. And my cards. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm totally available. And right now my transition for the move will be my parents' house for a little bit. So that's awesome. And it would, give me the most pleasure to be spending that time doing something that I love. Um, so my Instagram is a good place to start, which is intent channel at, well, I guess it would just be at, at <laughs> yeah. Channel. Yep. Um, so intent channel. Awesome. And then my email is intent channel zero at gmail.com. Um, and I'm always on there as well. I can do readings from wherever I am in person. I'm happy with that too. But I understand that also being in flux, doing it on Zoom is something that I'm really comfortable with. Cool. And those, I do have a Reiki and tarot package that goes with it that I love doing at a distance. Because I feel that like when they go together, it's kind of like you have the journey. And then someone has a, the person has a visual representation or something to kind of take home. But also that I love the way it feels when you're doing energy work like Reiki at a distance, because it's almost like you can feel the length of the energy waves from so far away where you're able to like ride it with potency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, there's something really special about being able to put your hands on somebody's body and have physical healing, but yeah. That comes down to like kind of a comfort level yeah. for these people too. It's like, do you, do you crave being touched? Yeah. Like, is that something that you need to calm your nervous system? Totally. Totally. Oh my gosh. And um, I want to be like cognizant of your time, but the, the, like, I don't do Reiki, but I do energy healing and doing like combining tarot and energy healing is like, so potent because it's like when you're working with a person's energy they're yeah like what you said they're seeing the visuals they are feeling the experience and then they have these cards that completely match the experience that they just had it's like wild 
it's a cool way to heal your stuff fully 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 agree so cool yeah yeah when you're combining energy work of any kind with any other kind it's so special it's like having a sound bath and a massage at the same time like wow feed me so true Oh my gosh, my f- friend Ariana, she lives in Victoria. She's been on the podcast. She is a massage therapist and she also just heals people with sound and she's given me a massage while like just like intuitively singing oh and gosh. it's insane. Like you just like magic. You have such an emotional, physical, spiritual experience. It's it's magic. I wow. I love taking any of these like healing arts and figuring out how to put them together. It just creates this whole new experience. Mm. Like it's like a, it? a whole new layer of like magic. Ah, oh, so cool. Yay. Um, I'm going to put all of your info in the show notes as well. Yay. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share or say? Um, no, I'm not sure on the name yet because I have a ton of names and I think it's important for me also with so much Libra placement to have some kind of feedback from other people so I've been whenever I remember my journal reading them out to some people and I'm like I don't know do you want it to do I want it to be I always have this such a Libra thing with myself where it's like okay do I want to be funny about it or do I want to be like really serious (laughs) Yeah, and then you're like, well, what's really, what's really me? And I'm like, both. <laughs> yeah. And the interesting thing about a name, like when you kind of like create that name, like I know with Venus and Chiron, like it, it was hard for me to choose what I was going to name this. And when I chose Venus and Chiron, it made a lot of sense for me because of yes. everything. Um, but Venus and Chiron has an essence of her own. And when I make changes with like there's shifts and things that I do within my company and I make them in relationship with Venus and Chiron like I will talk to Venus and Chiron as if she is a separate entity because she is and it's like we evolve it like the podcast or the offerings that I give like we evolve that together it's such an interesting experience like you're birthing something into the world yes exactly it has its own chart yeah yeah my gosh yeah i need to like check the birthday of (laughs) honestly go cast your podcast chart and get to know her even more oh my gosh that's funny too i'd have it'd be hard to pick the day though i wonder i guess the day of my first podcast that's actually funny too because my first episode released on its own I had not like I had put it as a draft or whatever and I didn't I wasn't ready to release and it released itself like I just got a notification one day and I was like what no because I I wanted to have all my ducks in a row I wanted to have so many episodes done and it like released on its own so it like chose its its moment of birth like how a baby would wow so I'm gonna go back and check that that date that's so funny please do (laughs) I want to know more about that. I want a podcast episode on that. Yeah, I um, might have to. I might have to get Hari Dev on here and do like an astrological reading of my podcast. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. I think my podcast might be a Virgo. Either that or a Leo. Wow. Interesting. Well, one of the two makes sense. Both of them are like, I'm just going to do it. It would also be interesting <laughs> if it's a Virgo because my Venus and Chiron placement is in Virgo. Oh, I really hope this is the case. I hope it's a Virgo. (laughs) I know, that would just be fun. (laughs) 
Whatever okay. you are, though, Venus and Chiron, I love you. <laughs> Align. Yay. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm super excited for your podcast to exist. And I'm excited for you to exist. Uh, oh, my God. I'm so excited for your Thank own you. existence entirely. <laughs> wow. I love your truth. <laughs> I love your truth. I can respect you. Respectfully. <laughs> yes. Yay. No, I've had a great time. And it's really good to connect. Totally. Me too. I, yeah. I love this. I'm going to...